Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you. Pastor Sarah Olson-Smith, and it is a joy to be with you on this podcast today. I am willing to bet that you didn't lose any sleep last night pondering the nature of Jesus, nor was it on your mind as you brushed your teeth this morning. You were likely thinking about the joys and sorrows of your family or this world, what needs to get done in your day. And while those things might seem to have little to do with Jesus, our perspectives can shift when we broaden our view and contemplate how our lives fit into a much bigger picture. This weekend, we celebrated the festival of the reign of Christ. Reign as in authority or rule, not like precipitation. And today we will think about how Jesus reigns over all creation and also cares so much for each one of us. How Jesus sees and knows this great big picture, even though we can only see a few steps ahead. 
And so, as we think about our days and how we live, about the things on our to-do list and what each step will be, the nature of Jesus, both divine and human, cosmic and so very close, really do make a difference for us. So today, for our podcast, I will read two pieces of scripture, the first from Paul's letter to the Colossians, which is a hymn praising the enormous power of Jesus, present at creation and eternally reigning with God. And we'll turn to Jesus on the cross at the scene of his crucifixion, two seemingly opposite scenes, Jesus with divine strength and Jesus experiencing human suffering. Both tell stories of Jesus' glory and his enormous love for us and for this world. So here are those two readings. The first from Colossians chapter 1. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from Christ's glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to God who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things and in him all things hold together. And from Luke chapter 23. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots and divided his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. So here now some thoughts on these readings. A few weeks ago, I took a short trip up to Galena, Illinois. And just before I left, I typed in the center of that cute little town into my Google Maps, my GPS, and hit the road. It was a beautiful fall day, so I thought I'd take the route up through Clinton and then up along the Mississippi River, crossing over on Sabula, that cute little island town, driving up along the Mississippi on the Illinois side of the river. That route, you know, is a little bit longer than driving up through Dubuque, but it was beautiful, and so I thought it would be a great way to go. As I was driving north from central Davenport, I saw that my GPS was taking me, was directing me to turn off of 61, Brady, and turn east onto I-80 towards Chicago. This seems ridiculous for any of you who might have driven that way, but I thought maybe, maybe there was some construction I wasn't aware of, or perhaps this improved my fuel efficiency along the way. I didn't know the whole picture. I didn't know what my computer was thinking. I only saw this tiny part of my route on my screen. And I was kind of, as I was driving north on Brady, trying to figure out if I would listen to my GPS or trust my own instincts, I was thinking I didn't have the full way, but I decided I would take a risk 
and I defied my GPS. I felt sort of rebellious. <laughs> I basically knew where I was going, and so as I kept going straight, my, my phone or GPS does that thing it always does, like recalculating, rerouting, and eventually it got me going where I needed it to be. But as I drove, I was thinking about how wonderful these GPS devices are. They are so useful at getting us to the places we need to get. But as we drive, our view is really rather limited. One turn at a time, one stretch of road along the way. We only have the perspective that can fit onto our small GPS screen. I remember road trips in college and as a kid where we would get out our atlas and we would highlight our route from one place to another. We'd see how far we had to go and we would practice our math, doing the math to figure out how far the inches were on the map. We'd see what cities we'd drive through and where we would have to make bathroom stops and what big towns were coming where we could stop for dinner. It's a different kind of knowledge to have that perspective of the whole route, the whole trip, the whole picture, this wide view. I'm thinking about that perspective, about the small screen of my GPS and those larger pictures of maps. Today, as we celebrate the reign of Christ, today we name that Jesus is the ruler of the universe, that Christ reigns over all things, that our allegiance is ultimately to Christ. And part of this reign of Christ is the truth that Jesus has this big perspective, a wide view, a sense of the big picture, not only in space but in time, this sort of great big holy atlas. As we read in Paul's letter to the Colossians, we hear about this bigness of Christ's view, this is those same words, but in a different translation, but the message by Eugene Peterson, where Paul wrote, we look at Jesus and we see the God who cannot be seen. We look at Jesus and see God's original purpose in everything created. Jesus was supreme from the beginning and leading the resurrection parade. Jesus is supreme to the end. From beginning to end, he is there, towering over everything, everyone. So spacious is Jesus, so expansive, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things and animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies all because of Jesus' death, his blood that was poured out on the cross. Jesus is spacious, expansive, supreme, towering over all things and all time. Jesus sees the whole big picture from the beginning to the end of it. In some ways, it makes me think of some of those movies and when kings and their advisors gather around maps and they're kind of, they're like tiled onto the floor of castles or they're on big tables and they move their armies across the way to protect their borders like children playing with toys. Or in that, those scenes in the Star Wars movies when Princess Leia and C-3PO are in the command room and they have the whole big picture of the galaxy on a sort of hologram 
talking strategy of how the rebels are going to take down the empire. They have this broad view of the galaxy as they're about to battle. And on this reign of Christ, we name that Jesus has this similar kind of perspective, a big, broad view. But Christ is not strategizing about battles or revolutions, not subjugating or dominating. But Jesus' plan, his reign, the purpose, is to save and redeem the whole universe, to bring together all those broken and dislocated parts of the universe, people and things and animals and atoms, to bring liberation and joy and abundant life to every corner of this world. This is what our triune God has been at since the beginning of time. And somehow, our almighty God decided that the best strategy to save and redeem and heal this whole universe was to become tiny, to become human. I have this friend who says every time he reads these words from Colossians, he thinks of, there's a little f- phrase in the, old, the, oh, the first cartoon, the animated Aladdin movie, when the genie says, talks about his self, he says, I have phenomenal cosmic power an itty-bitty living space. Jesus, in his love for us and this whole world, chose to take that phenomenal cosmic power and fit it into this tiny living space called Earth. Jesus came as God's own self to be among us, for us, and with us, and among us. And the place where we see with awful clarity the cosmic power of God in a small frame is on the cross. There we see Jesus' persistent and unwavering commitment to saving this whole world. It is there in his suffering, in his dying, that we see his power. We see his love. It's a strange thing to read about the crucifixion on this day where we name him to reign powerfully in this world. But in those few verses, we see the cosmic power of God in Jesus. And we see the difference between this vision, this view that Jesus has, and the tiny perspective of those around him. We see Jesus on the cross in that bit of reading we heard from Luke And his actions from the cross are utterly amazing. Jesus starts by saying to those who have just nailed him on the cross, who gather around him, mocking him, whipping him, hurting him, and says, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. Their view is just too small. They can't even see it. And he pulls us into his cosmic view of radical forgiveness, All of those there, the ones hurting him and the ones caught up in the evil of that day, even them will be pulled together into the forgiving love of Jesus. He names in many ways that the people around him can only see one or two turns ahead, the small part of their map. And so Jesus forgives them, unwilling to limit his own love, his view, his saving ways. Others around him mock him, saying he saved others, but he cannot save himself. This was meant to mock, but in so many ways, it's a statement, a witness, a testimony of Jesus. 
in order for Jesus to save others, to save even those who were crucifying him, to save this whole world, to save that criminals on on his side, Jesus knew he couldn't save himself. Jesus knew that the cross wasn't the end of the story. Jesus knew the whole rest of his route, a route that would end in the resurrection and destroying the power of death. From up on the cross, Jesus reached out his arms as big and as broad as his big picture view, as big as the universe, as big as time, big enough to hold you and me and this whole world. In his suffering, Jesus shows us his power. Jesus shows his glory and his power in his self-giving in his love for that criminal and for all of us. And there are a few things that can, this can be, there's a few things this inside of this great holy atlas that God has to see us in this world. Gifts for us to see or to think about today on this reign of Christ day. For us who can only see our limited screens, our, whose lives and whose vision are limited by our humanness. The first good news is for those of us who are driving through particularly rough patches, rough routes in our lives these days. We might not be facing traffic or potholes or high winds, but instead we're driving through the realities of devastating disease or grief that feels too powerful or financial strain, or the thousands of other things that make our life's road hard. Jesus, the firstborn of creation, is present to us, knows us, cares for us so deeply. And the truth is that we can never lose our signal, can never be lost to Jesus. Jesus is the image of the invisible God and embodied the love that God has for us in this world. Jesus has this broad view and yet still knows every hair on our head, knows those worries deep in our hearts, knows and loves us so much. And because of this brings God's cosmic love into our lives. This one who reigns, towers over the world, knows what it means to hurt, to bleed, to weep at the loss of a friend and can be found right next to us on the roads of our struggle and worry, bringing healing and hope and his very presence. We can also trust that our ultimate destination is with God, that ultimately good will come to us and to this whole world. This one who brings life everlasting will bring us to goodness. This we can trust. And we might not have one single route laid out for us from the beginning of our lives. We take twists and turns and wrong turns that turn to right ones. We turn left and right and up and down. And along the way, Christ is with us, leading us and guiding us. And we can make our way, not because we have one way laid out for us, but because we follow Jesus. We follow Jesus by giving ourselves away by forgiving others as he did, by serving others and caring for others and enjoying this incredible world, finding goodness in community. 
we make our way by walking it. And Jesus is constantly recalculating, rerouting, so that we will find new ways to serve, people to love, opportunities to shine. And the other truth is that we get to participate in this reign of Christ. Together, our actions are part of this enormous, brilliant, beautiful strategy to bless and save this whole universe. There are times when it feels like our little bit of generosity is too small to make a difference in response to this world full of hungry people. What difference does a bag of groceries, a few cans of peanut butter make? But it makes an enormous difference. We worry that our bit of kindness doesn't really matter. We worry that our voice can't, uh, can't be heard against all the shouts of hate in the world. We think perhaps we are only a small screen, a little viewpoint. But together, all of who we are adds up to a lot. Together we do amazing things. Our, our actions are not singular or separate or small. When we act in ways that follow Jesus, we are part of God's great cosmic power. We participate in Christ's reign. As Paul wrote to that community in Colossia, he writes, may you be made strong. These can be words for us too. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from Christ's glorious power. May you be prepared to endure everything while joyfully giving thanks to God who has empowered you to share in the inheritance in the saints of light. So today, know that Christ is with you as you live your faith day by day, turn by turn, that Christ comes to give you strength and power, that Christ who reigns over all things is present to you to help us not only to endure, but to help to bring about God's kingdom here on earth. Amen.
now we turn to God in prayer, saying those words that Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. So now, receive these words of blessings from Colossians. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from Christ's glorious power. May God, our Father, Son, Holy Spirit, bless you and keep you, now and forever. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.